Good morning. It is 9 a.m. on Wednesday, April 1st, and this is Community Pulse, your grassroots report on the coronavirus situation here in mid-Missouri. Today, the topic is masks, and joining me by phone to talk about this, as usual, is Dr. Elizabeth Alleman, local family physician and host of Your Health Matters, which airs every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on KOPN. Also with us by phone today is guest Sarah Williams, social worker with a background in community planning and preparedness. Good morning, Elizabeth and Sarah. Good morning, Good morning Tim. Thank you so much for coming on today. Elizabeth, do you want to start us off with an update on the numbers and then we'll get into yeah, today's topic? The, you know, yeah, the numbers are um, sobering as always. Um, worldwide cases, 879,000. Looks like we're itching up to that documented 1 million cases. Uh, 43,000 deaths, 184,000 recovered. Um, the United States has 188,000 um, with 4,000 cases with 4,000 deaths, and that's 188,000 documented cases with really minimal uh, testing um, compared to best case scenario. So we are now the United States is now the epicenter. We're where um, most cases are happening. Uh, uh, Missouri has uh, 1,327 cases and 14 deaths. And Boone County has 66 cases as of last night at 5 p.m. with still just one death. So um, this is coming to our shores. We're still just in the early days of the really difficult things. Um, uh, and I know that our frontline health workers and hospitals and first responders are uh, bracing for what's coming next. So, um, yeah, so so uh, my social media feed has been um, masked. Uh, controversy and a lot of uh, outrage at the inconsistent messaging. Um, and so Sarah and I are going to do our best to share with um, you what it is that we understand about masks. So good morning, Sarah, and thank you for being willing to join me this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's get started, Sarah. Let's talk about the different kinds of masks. So Simply put, there are essentially two different kinds of masks that, um, generally speaking, we're looking at. First of all, there's the N95 respirator mask, which is um, a higher level of protection that first responders and medical professionals um, are in dire need of. Um, they are designed to uh, reduce the wearer's exposure to particles, including small particles of aerosol. Um, they are tight-fitting um, and require um, a, a, a level of care in donning and doffing or taking on and taking off and then not reusing, et cetera. Um, the other masks that we are seeing a lot of are the surgical mask, um, which is going to be closer to what some of the homemade masks are also going to resemble. So a surgical mask is intended um, to provide the wearer protection against large droplets. Um, but primarily, they are used to protect the wearer, uh, protect the people around the wearer from the wearer's respiratory emissions. So uh, simply put, the surgical mask is not fit tested. 
and protects others from the wearer's respiratory emissions. All right, so the surgeon who is scrubbed to take out your uh, gallbladder back in the day when we used to open people's abdomens for that, um, and even now they still wear it, but it keeps their aerosol and uh, respiratory droplets out of the surgical field. Exactly. They are not designed to provide the wearer with a reliable level of protection from inhaling smaller airborne particles. Um, and they're not considered respiratory protection. They are, they're absolutely to protect the world around us, um, the surgical field or whatever, from our emissions. Right. And they are made out of a special material that's been designed. It's a non-woven material that's designed to have uniform uh, holes in it, basically, so that um, and and they've been tested to see how small a particle goes through, as have the N95s. And the N95s are called N95s because they filter out 95% of particles down to, I think, 0.03 something, to a certain size, which we think includes uh, viruses. Correct. Yeah. Okay, and what I've read is that some people are using... Uh, in some cases, combinations of the homemade masks over the N95 masks. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so in times of shortage, we are breaking our ideal. So there's standard of care and there's, you know, what we've all, what's all been tested. So these N95 masks, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, are designed for single use. Yeah. So you would put them correct. on when you were... Um, going to do a procedure that required that level of protection, um, you know, and especially as things that would that would generate a lot of aerosols and droplets from the patient we know to be sick. So things like when the the tube goes down the person's trachea into their lungs so that they can be put on a ventilator, there's a lot of coughing and um, just a lot of air movement in a particular way that fills the room with these droplets and aerosols and create a really high viral exposure to the healthcare professionals who are in the room if they're not wearing a mask. And then they are designed to then be taken off as you leave the room and discarded. And there's a particular way all of these things are put on and taken off so that you then don't contaminate your hands and your face with what got filtered out with the mask. Am I am, am I understanding that right, Sarah? Absolutely, um, and that's imperative. Um, they're not designed to be reused. They're not designed to be pulled down off your nose and just on your chin while you do something else and then put back in place, and they're not designed to hold onto your face with one hand while you do something with your other hand. The N95 is designed to be a sealed, fit-tested um, item. So each time it's put on, you double-check that it's that it's sealed, uh, fit-tested. Whereas the surgical mask is not. It allows air to come in right. around the edges. But the surgical mask is also designed to be a single-use item and discarded. But in these times of shortage. We are all having these conversations of, well, what would be better than nothing, which is a really challenging thing for healthcare professionals who are so used to, no, this is standard of care, this is the way we do it. 
nope, we are not making an exception. Nope, we are not going to do something that's more comfortable for you. We, you. This is the way we do it, and it's the way we do it all the time. Now, we're humans, and we don't always get to 100%, but we. it is such a break in our thinking to begin to say, okay, well, since we can't do it right, what's, what's better than something worse? And, and this is why there's all of this lack of clarity because we can't it's just really hard i'm just getting emotional it's really hard for us to bring ourselves to do for our patients and ourselves less than what we've been trained is um is the right way to do it so we're seeing lots of things like ways to reuse the n95 mask can you bake them in an oven can you spray them with a chemical because they're going to be theoretically the reason you wore it is so that the outside of it will be covered with the virus mm-hmm. and so you how are you going to reuse it without um contaminating yourself contaminating the environment contaminating the other people around you maybe contaminating your oven and there is not enough time us to really test all of these ways that we're trying to do it better, trying to do it better than nothing. So one way is to put a cloth mask, a homemade cloth mask over the N95 with the idea that some of the virus will land on the cloth mask and that can be washed. And then the N95 will be less contaminated than it would have been if you didn't wear something over it. Um, but still, there's the challenge of how to treat this. And um, yeah, so then, so let's talk a little bit about the cloth mask, Sarah. Do you have information about that, or um, should I talk about that? So I, I hesitate to um, say too much about the cloth masks because, you know, being trained in, you know, standard of care, and, and it just goes so against something that we've been trained to do which contributes significantly to the emotional psychological distress of providers Um, so while I don't disagree that it's probable that the cloth mask over the N95 might provide some added protection in in, in a clinical sense removing the the cloth mask from the outside, there's potential still for contamination of the N95 and then removal and all that touching and exchange could somehow potentially compromise and or lend a false sense of security, which is concerning. Um, I can come back to um, a a conversation here in a minute after you speak more about the, the cloth mask. Yeah, so I had a chance to talk to some folks last night who are um, enthusiastically making uh, homemade fabric masks of various times. So there is a group, a local group in Columbia called So for Safety on Facebook, um, and uh, they are um, doing their best to try to search the Internet for the safest, most effective masks that can be made at home. Um, and their goal would be to make masks that would fill in the gaps. So many people would like to have the sense of protection or the protection. We can d- argue about that all day long, but I, I, I'm not going to enter in that argument of wearing a mask when they go out or when they're caring for a sick person at home. 
Um, and the question is, what is the best um, way to do that? Um, and that that we, I, I think everybody agrees that the surgical masks that are manufactured to be used in surgeries and the N95 masks and respirators should be um, reserved for healthcare professionals um, who are having the highest exposure so that they then don't become a vector to expose. We can limit the amount of, of um, transmission that happens in hospitals to other patients. Um, and they are um, using some de designs that have been uh, developed and reviewed by uh, fabricpatch.net, uh, which is a fabric seller, and they have a page dedicated to face masks. They're concerned about some things that people are doing. We want um, They want to use 100% cotton so it can be laundered at high temperature. They need a high thread count with a tight weave. Some fabrics, especially the, the less expensive ones, have larger holes in them. They don't want to be using flannel. There are some people who are making them double-layered with a non-woven filter, like from a furnace filter or a vacuum cleaner bag. Um, in there, the problem with that is that we're using um, materials that were manufactured for another use, and some of them are treated with antibacterial or um, odor-limiting um, uh, substances that we don't think are probably safe to breathe, especially for a long period of time. Um, and again, what we're doing is we're doing things, and I hear people saying saying things online that I totally understand, and that is. It's just common sense. It's got to be better than nothing. And I'm just going to say that medicine is filled with discarded interventions that made common sense that we did. And then when we actually studied them, there was some unintended consequence of that that needed to get careful study. So we don't have time for the careful study. We're all just having to do the best we can. Um, there are also, there's this question of why do they wear masks in some countries and not in others, and these are complex cultural um, discussions that need to be done with a lot of sensitivity, a deep respect for the way people make decisions, and an understanding that the, the, the risk-benefit ratio is nuanced. And just as an example, um, often when we do a thing, we notice a change in behavior. Um, that might be actually more undermining than not having done the thing. So one example that is a common discussion right now is when we put people on medicines to control their blood sugar or their blood pressure or their blood cholesterol. There seems to be a pattern that once people start on these medicines, they are more relaxed about their diet and exercise, getting enough sleep. These things that are perhaps even more helpful than bringing their blood pressure or their blood sugar or their blood cholesterol down because eating more vegetables doesn't just bring your cholesterol down, it also gives you micronutrients. And so these, so taking a pill often results in many people being less careful about their health. And I wonder whether wearing a mask makes people change behaviors like not turning their face away when they cough, not coughing into their elbow in a way that may actually increase aerosol. So we haven't done the big experiment, and we're not going to do it now, but I'd love to have somebody replicate a grocery store and send people in to do normal shopping things with masks and without masks and see what the droplet and aerosol levels are in both of those experiments. And we haven't done it. We're not going to do it. So when we are, when our emotions are so high and we're like, oh, absolutely, this is the best thing to do, we all have to just make the best decision we can 
with the best information we have. So if you're interested in sewing uh, those uh, uh, those folks, um, uh, you can get by uh, joining the Facebook group Sew for Safety, um, and they would love to have more seamstresses and more fabric and more money, um, and with the idea that maybe if the public has these, then they will feel freer and more um, generous about donating their manufactured surgical masks and N95 masks to first responders, healthcare providers, um, and I'm sure I'm leaving out some other people who need it. It's not my intention um, that who who need this to protect themselves from these really high exposure situations. So in, beyond the surgical masks and the N95 masks, I have seen some people making the rigid face masks that you would wear almost like a like a welding mask that folds down over your face and it's a solid translucent face plastic shield. face shield. Yeah. Yes. Do you have uh -huh. any comments on face shields? I don't really have an opinion about those. They are generally used in, again, these high um, exposure mm -hmm. uh, situations. I mean, surprisingly, one of the high exposure situations is taking a nasal swab from someone um, because people often sneeze and you, to, to take a nasal swab from another person, you have to be significantly closer than six feet. Um, so um, I, I think homemade ones of those, um, I, I, I don't know what to think about those. What, do you have an opinion, Sarah? Uh, um, intended for high exposure. Yeah. Okay, so in a surgery setting or, or taking a nasal swab, something like that. Yeah, or put onto a ventilator or their tube needs to be replaced while they're on a ventilator. These are these just really high risk uh, circumstances. Or when uh, we, there's a test called a bronchoscopy where a lighted flexible tube is passed into the trachea and into the lungs to sort of see what's down there. And those are really high exposure um, procedures. And we just really, so that that's when people would use those um, in a medical setting. So the other, the other thing that I'm concerned about about masks is I am concerned that people feel like it's okay to go shopping if they're wearing a mask. And I am begging people to stay out of buildings that they don't live in, including every single store. Uh, apparently, the golf courses, the clubhouses are still open for people to go into and pick up their food and pick up the key to their golf cart. Um, I am begging people to not go into those places. People are going into pet stores and buying pets. I get it. You need pet food. Um, and um, if if the store isn't offering curbside or delivery, um, we should all be calling them and begging them to please begin that. And uh, if it were if it were up to me, we would be closing all these retail establishments and only having people pick up at curbside or delivery. And I know that that's a burden to some people. And what I and so maybe some people cannot do it. And I think we ought to all get creative about how do we help people on uh, food stamps or uh, SNAP benefits um, who are have limited incomes. How do we help them uh, afford to have groceries delivered to them? They're the ones who probably are likely to be high risk and likely to be most benefited from curbside delivery. But if all of us who can would, we would really make everything safer for everybody else. And I just want to remind people, I'm asking, we are all asking in public health, for you to do things that are so very difficult. 
changing our behaviors, spending more money in times when we're fearful, when we've lost our jobs. These are so hard. And I know that the burden ends up more on people who already were struggling. And I am feeling that too. But I'm asking you to do hard, hard things so that the folks who work in emergency response and in our hospitals don't have to do so many horrifying things. And we don't have refrigerated tractor trailers like they have in New York City filled with the corpses of our beloved community members. This is what we're trying to prevent. And I think giving up some golf and shopping at a hardware store and getting a new pet are reasonable things for people to stop doing so that we, our healthcare providers, can actually meet the needs of the community. So that's my pitch. Sarah, lighten us up some. I took us down a deep hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, that was very well said. Um, we are all in a high emotional state. Um, people want to a, feel safe themselves. Um, as well as care for the people around them. So um, doing a thing like sewing a mask um, is a reasonable thing to do. Um, being mindful that we don't want to create a false sense of security, we still want to be careful. Um, utilizing that doing a thing, sewing a mask, or looking out for others um, as having an exponential effect, i.e., we sew masks to help others and protect ourselves, which also frees up um, necessary medical equipment for those who are at highest risk. Right. And the other part of this is lovely thing too. Yeah, go ahead. Is keeping ourselves well. Um, so that those, I mean, because there are still people having babies and having heart attacks and having car accidents. <clears throat> which require, you know, emergency care. And um, so an, an, another reason to um, be mindful of the exponential effect of our own behavior. Right, and we know it's serious when uh, we're improvising with our PPE, our personal protective equipment, um, not right. only masks, but also gowns, people sharing ventilators. So I hope everyone takes this uh, all yeah, seriously. I'm also seeing people talk about how we can wash and reuse gloves. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I never thought we'd get to that point in the United States, but here we are. So anyway, yeah. yes, we're, we, we're, it's, time, it's time to pull us up by our bootstraps and act as much as we can. So um, tomorrow, let's see, this is Wednesday. Tomorrow, Thursday, Jenny Chadwick will be back on to talk about policies like the governor's uh, lack of action and the local uh, city and county folks and more we can push them to do, um, things that we think work and things that we think don't work. And then Friday, I have a guest, a uh, public health um, uh, a professional from the southern part of the state and to talk about rural issues. So we're going to um, keep going here. Well, thank you so much. Our guests today again were Dr. Elizabeth Alleman, local family physician, and Sarah Williams, social worker with a background in community planning and preparedness. Thank you both. Thank you. And that is it for today's edition of Community Pulse. 
your local grassroots report on the coronavirus outbreak here in mid-Missouri. You can catch us every weekday morning here at 9am only on KOPN. And if you happen to miss it, we have uh, we are posting the episodes on Facebook later on in the day. I do want to mention that if you have a message or a question that you'd like to share uh, with Dr. Alleman or guests re- regarding the coronavirus situation here, please give us a call and leave a message. The number to call is 573-874-1139. If you'd prefer to email your question, you can send it to me at gm at kopn.org. Thank you so much for listening. This is KOPN's Community Pulse. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Coming up next is Background Briefing.